Totally Football Show as 2017 goes the way of East and Heaven and just Team Totally is here to bring you end of year thoughts from around Europe and the latest news from the Christmas period because football never stops. Harry Kane becoming the best striker in the world. Tony Pulis getting a new job. Tom Ince scoring a goal thing. And Liverpool. They've had the clock. They've got VD. Now are they going to really challenge? That's all coming up in this festive Totally Football show. And here they are. Julien Laurent, Joyeux Noël. Joyeux Noël, James. Happy Hanukkah to you, Raphael Honigstein. Merry Christmas. Anyone listening in German, what would we be saying? Frohe Weihnachten. Oh, nice. But it's already okay. gone, Happy. really. Okay. Frohe Feiertage. Happy New Year, Raph. Frohes Neues Jahr. There you go. Happy New Year to you, Michael. Yeah, Happy Cox. New Year to you. Thanks. Sorry, I wasn't just saying Cox. I'm just saying... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael Cox. It was an awkward gap, but yeah. It was awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Let's fill that awkward gap. All right. What do you want to fill it with? Uh, Van Dyke. Van Dyke? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Van Dyke, because that's the... Uh, I mean, that's all I'm talking about right now. I picked up this morning's Gazetta. What's on the front page? Folia. What am I being paid? Craziness, they say. Ah, Craziness. Interesting. Yeah. I thought some, Italians might appreciate a good defender. Well, that's, I guess, the question. How good a defender is he? Let's get some thoughts from people writing in today. Jean-Paul Superayan says, uh, Do Liverpool have enough loyalty points for a free Saints player? Well, it gets a chuckle. Mm-hmm. Nice one, Jean-Paul. <laughs> Uh, oh, David Starsky. After hearing Rafa rant about it not being the defence with Liverpool, ask him how he feels. Is Klopp personally disagreeing with him by spending so much on a defender? Rafa? I don't think there's ever a case that a team cannot be improved by bringing in uh, great players. I think we now have to appreciate that what Klopp was telling us was obviously a version of the truth designed to be palatable for his own... Hold on a second. For his own team rather than... <laughs> the rest of the public, um, because the plan, they must have had some very strong um, assurances that they could pull it off in January, because that was the only explanation why they never went for anyone else. Right. And when they didn't, then he said, because we didn't go for anyone else because we're so good already, mm. which I don't think anyone really, truly, truly believed. If there was a vacancy for the Duncan Castles of Anfield, it's been filled now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say? Club spokesman. I don't understand. No, no, I like your answer. I like your answer, Rafa, as always. It is I, a... never, I will never say to you that Klopp is infallible and gets everything right and is wonderful. I'm not the Duncan Castles of Klopp. <laughs> OK, all right. All right, then. Uh, but th- they, they do look better. I mean, people arguing about whether he's worth it, for me, is a, is a pointless task because th- th- these figures, I mean, you pay what you have to pay. Exactly. And they earn so much money now anyway that they can afford it, obviously. Yeah. What's funny, though, is that mm. it cost them £25 million more then in the summer when yeah. the price seemed to be 50 million but and it's he's not been, like he's had a good exactly he's been rubbish <laughs> so in a way you look at it and say like oh okay they had to pay another 25 mm. million for someone who hasn't been very good this six month who didn't play the last six months of last season because he was injured so mm. someone we haven't really seen being played well for a year now so let's hope for them that he's going to go back to that level which is probably his heart was clearly not in it this season that's probably why he didn't really bother it, right it still does smack of a lack of imagination to say this is the only defender that can really improve us and we have to spend that much money on him there's absolutely who, who should, no one else who should they have got then it's, I'm not a scout I don't look at uh, defenders all over Europe Julian but there's plenty one, mention, one name I did mention the other mm. day which is um, a player that Dortmund interest in is Manuel Akanji um, Swiss international, 
of Nigerian descent, who's looked absolutely outstanding and is attracting a lot of interest. And in Basel, they're saying, ha-ha, Dortmund idiots, they'll have to pay 20 million euros for this. We're going to really cash in here. <laughs> you know, he might not be Van Dijk right now, but he might, might be Van Dijk tomorrow. Right. Um, I don't know if, if I'm really... If I really think that, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you spend as long as it's the right player for you, I I think there's there's a cost to doing that because you could have spent that money on three or four players mm. who might really improve you. But the, we've seen that happen before and it's always a mistake, isn't it? When you, what do you mean? When you buy the Beatles after selling Elvis, all that, all that business. <laughs> ah, come on. Uh, Michael, where do you stand on Van Dyke? I think he's a good enough player. Um, I'd be a little bit concerned if I was Liverpool. Um, when you look at previous Southampton defenders who have left, I mean, Lovren was great at Southampton, hasn't looked very good at Liverpool. Mm. Uh, Jose Font was excellent at Southampton, has been really poor for West Ham. Yeah. Even Klein and Shaw in slightly different positions and, you know, with Shaw, slightly extenuating circumstances. I think, you know, defending is all about a, a unit, really. And I think it's relatively difficult to just pluck one individual from another team and expect him to improve your defence overnight. Interesting. I suppose Bonucci at Milan would be a, a, a pretty good... Possibly, yeah. And, and I mean, as you say, he hasn't played much this year and he hasn't played well. Mm. So it could be next season, really, before he gets up and running and, and up to full fitness. But that might be what Liverpool are looking towards now. I mean, obviously, the dark race is over. I think they will finish in the top four. And with uh, Naby Keita coming in as well, mm. you know, they could have a very good team for next year, mm. maybe without Coutinho. But uh, I think they can get over that. Um, the other big news, of course, Tony Pulis getting hired by Borough. That hit me like a slap in the face with a wet fish. Um, which certainly wakes you up at this time of the year. Uh, the Borough fans get all the laughs, don't they? They had Aitor Karanka, now they get Tony Pulis. <laughs> They're three points off the top six. Is it worth it, Michael? I haven't seen much of Borough this season. I think Pulis is a good manager um, at any level, really. I mean, we've become accustomed to seeing him as someone who keeps teams up. But he's also got a good record at getting teams promoted. It's always quite amazing how he manages to get teams promoted, um, scoring so few goals. I think with, with Gillingham, this is about 20 years ago, but with Gillingham, I think they scored uh, less than a goal a game and still got promotion mm. from the from the third tier. So, yeah, it's not going to be laugh a minute for, uh, for Borough fans, but I expect they've got a good chance of, uh, of promotion this season. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise, Gary Monk, getting uh, uh, handed his, well, given his marching orders, whichever phrase you want to use, straight after a win over Sheffield Wednesday, wasn't it? It was that same evening, I think. Yeah. Yes, and, and Carlos Carvajal got sacked as well from Wednesday. Well, indeed, Michael, because you'll never believe it, but that's who Swansea have just decided, Carlos Carvajal, is going to be taking over there at uh, the Liberty. Yeah, strange one. I mean, he got them to the playoffs uh, twice with Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. But, uh, yeah, having been sacked from that job, it's somewhat of a surprise that he's jumped up to the Premier League. I mean, he's coached Sporting Lisbon and Besiktas before. He's got experience at big clubs. Right. Big, well, not big leagues, really. Um, but, yeah, it's an odd one. And you think qualifying for the playoffs might be his job in uh, mm. about a year's time, to mm. be honest, if he's still there. Yeah, indeed so. You, I like it. Yeah, you like, like it? it. Yeah, Why, George? because I think he did a really good job at Wednesday with a very, very, very average squad. Okay. And I think a bit like Marco Silva, I think there's, there's something interesting in him. Uh, another Portuguese manager, you know, there start to be a lot of them in, mm. in, in the Premier League. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think he's a very interesting one. And I'm so glad we didn't go back to like one of those old English guys like, oh yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe you didn't. I bet, I bet it's going on out there though. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it is. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, interesting to see what he does there. It will be interesting. Swansea this weekend have, they're at Watford. 
So, yeah, we mentioned Marco Silva. That's who they're facing this That's weekend. It. And they would need ref- you know, reinforcement, obviously, in January. Mm. Uh, but there's there's some really good players. When you see a player like Roque Mesa, who was really, really good with Las Palmas last season, who was a very good signing, even if you can argue with the fact that he's really made for English football. But still, it's... He's a very talented player, but yeah, you see him play now, he seems to have lost all confidence and everything. Right, you could almost be talking about Renato Sanchez as well, another of Swansea's yeah. high-profile arrivals, who, of course, Portuguese, like um, Carlos Carvajal. Yeah, and I think you know they have good players, maybe mm. not good enough right now to stay, but if you add one or two, and, and you know, if you can get them playing better, being better organised... You know, find if. a bit more fighting spirit as well. Yeah, no, no, there's a lot of it, but it's not an easy job. But at least he's taken it. Huh. Maybe a few people wouldn't have taken it. Indeed. Poor old Burnley. They went 2-0 up against Man United on Boxing Day, only to see Jesse Lingard hit two late goals and they left Old Trafford with one point instead of three. Well, with two up from Paddy Power, you can back any team in the Premier League or La Liga to win. And if they go two goals up, Paddy will pay out immediately as a winner, even if that team ends up losing. Or indeed drawing in Burnley's case. Head to paddypower.com to find out more. T's and C's apply. Win, draw, win, singles only. Exclude shop and cashed out bets. 18 plus only. Be gambleaware.org. And when the fun stops, stop. Michael Cox, who had the best of the Christmas fixtures? Uh, is it boring to say Man City? I don't think so. I mean, they just That's keep on stretching. correct. Yeah, they just keep <laughs> on stretching that uh, lead at the top. United have drawn their last two. Yeah. City have won their last two. So... Here's yeah, a stat. City, they're not slowing down. They're not, are they? Mr Chip, all the way over there in Spain, uh, points out that uh, Man City could lose from here until February and they would still be in first place. That's impressive. That's impressive. They could go on a winter break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, could, they could. They could go to the bar. That's magnificent. Although there is that old adage about the, uh, the tortoise and the hare, you know, so... Yeah. Sorry, Julian. No, no, I think they, someone said on Twitter that they could lose 15 of their remaining games and still yeah. finish with more points than they did last season. Good under Pep. Lord. That's how improved they've been. That's an extraordinary statistic. It is. Yeah. Um, the latest victory in their 18-game winning sequence was at Newcastle, of course, on Wednesday night. Uh, 1-0. Johnny the Nick, John Nicholson out of Football 365 saying, losing 1-0 to City now officially counts as a win. We've, we've kind of got to that state. It was a bizarre game as well because, for my money, Newcastle very nearly ended their winning run in this game even though they got completely outplayed. Yeah, they did have a couple of good chances, Newcastle. One in particular went off to Mendy, had to head over the bar. Yeah, a really strange game. I don't think I've ever seen a Premier League side be so defensive at home. Mm. I mean, Newcastle's first action was John Joe Shelby shooting from centre. And with Shelby, you always wonder what's going through his brain. But it seemed like Newcastle just wanted to give the ball away and then retreat into their own third of the pitch and just defended. You know, it wasn't even really a counter-attacking approach. It was just a defensive approach. And um, I thought it was depressingly quite uh, successful in a way you know I, I mean I think it would liven up the Premier League if City did drop points but not if everyone you know looks to Newcastle getting a result and or nearly getting a result and tries to play that way and I thought City's main chances came from set pieces and crosses I think Benitez probably would have taken that before the game um, I thought City, uh, City looked uh, poor without silver or relatively poor without silver um, it was just a brawn creating and um and yeah, they were going wide more than you expect for City. So I thought it was a, a weird game. It was slightly depressing to see Newcastle play so defensively, especially mm. because um, the last time we were talking about an unbeaten run 
to a season it was Chelsea in 2014-15 and they eventually lost at Newcastle. Did they? I remember being there and thinking this is the kind of game, uh, you know, to use a cliche, that makes the Premier League what it is not difficult on paper but you go away to Newcastle you're always going to get a challenge and City didn't really get that until, uh, until they scored. Well, Sunday, I know you're going to sell us part, Michael, yep. for Palace's clash with Man City which I rather fancifully flagged up before Christmas as being where I thought the winning run would end. I was just saying it for the sake of saying it, <laughs> well, to be fair. It looks I mean, a look better shout now that they haven't dropped points in the last two games. Now that they haven't? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. The, run, the winning run hasn't come to an end <laughs> already. <laughs> so you're not definitely wrong yet. <laughs> so there's that. Okay. Uh, last two meetings, which were both at the Etihad, have ended 5-0. Uh, the four games before that were 3-0, 2-1, 4-0 and 5-1. But, you know, it's football, isn't it? Still football. Okay, I'll move on. Uh, the other big winners, other big winners of this uh, Christmas period, Harry Kane. Harry Kane, Julianne. Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Do you know what? This might sound a bit controversial. 56 gold is great, no problem at all. Uh-oh. It's not... No, no, but... 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 It's not... It's clearly not, yeah. not that hard to score over 50 goals this season because a few players have done it. No, but if he was the only one at 56 and the next one was 40, you would say, OK. Yeah, but the other names on that list, Messi. But he's part of the name. I think Who's, this who is else is on there? Messi, Cavani, Lewandowski, Cavani, Lewandowski Ronaldo, yeah. all over 50. I mean, these are some of the greatest. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. what. I think the debate is closed. He's amongst them now. There's still the no... thing is, for me, that none of them look like they've come around to fix your boiler, which is the thing that really blows my mind about but maybe Harry Kane. That's, but, but if Harry Kane was not English, yes. you lot in here would, would like... Us lot in here? Yeah, as in English people or British oh, people right, yeah. would absolutely like praise him and, and everything. That's what I don't understand. It's so like you want to you're so praise insecure him or not by your own him. football that even your best player is yes. still... Well, is Julian, he but class? you started out saying not that you sure. weren't impressed with him no, scoring No, 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 but you didn't let me finish. Oh, okay. The most impressive for me yeah. is not the 56 goals, okay. although that's an amazing achievement, Yes, is the number of hat-tricks. Because goals will come in a game for players like him or Cavani or Messi, Lewandowski. They will always come. Right. There's no, there's no doubt of that. But for him to score eight hat tricks mm. in 2017, which is more than I know what you're going to say Cavani, Messi, Ronaldo, Lewandowski, and Aguero all put together. You're joking. They only have seven all between them, and he's got eight. And it's not so much that the the, the ratio for a striker of their caliber mm. is around 25 percent. So you know you score one every four chance basically. Well, one every four chances. Sometimes it'll be higher, you could go up to 35, I think, or by Mayong at 32 at some point last year, which is, you know, one every three. It's pretty, pretty awesome. So for him to score those hat-tricks far more than everybody else mm. ever this, this year, is something special and shows you how efficient he's been, you know, through the year. And I'm far more impressed by the number okay. of hat-tricks but than I'm just the goals itself. I'm fascinated by your impression that people in this country aren't excited about Harry I Kane. I can't understand it. We it are excited beyond. about Harry Kane. I don't think so. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I still think, like, he does, he's an amazing player. He's probably one of the... Well, he's one of the best players. He's only 24. Yes. He's one of the best you've ever had. And, you know, he, he potentially can become the best ever English player you've ever had. And I still think people are very... Underwhelmed by him, probably because, like you said, he's like your plumber from you know next door. He is actually. And if he was more bling bling, if he was a bit more like Cristiano, maybe people would, you know, it doesn't have much charisma, maybe for people. I don't know why, but I still find it amazing that he's for me doesn't get the credit that he deserves, and people don't love him more, don't praise him more. 
you know, everybody makes a joke about Shearer or like Gary Lineker going like, oh, you know, Alan Shearer, this Alan Shearer. It's not about Alan Shearer losing his record. It's about Harry Kane having that incredible year. I don't care about Alan Shearer and if he's losing his record from 20 years ago. That's fair, Julian. I imagine, although I can't really remember that well, that people were more giddy about Wayne Rooney when he first burst onto the scene than they are now about Keane. Does that sound fair? Yeah, yeah, definitely true. And, and that's probably partly because Rooney was more of an all-round player, someone who could drop deep. And, and Although Kane does that increasingly well, doesn't he? Uh, to a certain extent. I still think Kane's basically a goal scorer. Whereas I think what, what, Eng- what England fans wanted at that time was someone who, and he's a different player, but someone who could kind of replace Gascoigne. Mm. Um, in terms of really running a game. I mean, Kane's achievements are incredible. I have a slight issue with this being considered a record, this calendar year stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know where this came from a few years ago, but football's never really been mentioned in, in calendar years. I gather that a few years ago, Van Persie came close to breaking this record and Shearer was on Match of the Day and had no idea he had this record. So this calendar year thing, people have only started doing it a couple of years ago and seems quite irrelevant to me. What's more interesting to me is that Kane's on the way to winning a third uh, top goalscorer prize. You look at the players who've done that in the history of English football, uh, Shearer, Lineker, Henri, Jimmy Greaves, and then two back from the 19th century. So to win three over the course of a season, which is what football's all about, is is really unique. And uh, I'm much more excited about that than this calendar year thing, which seems quite irrelevant to me. Okay. And let's not forget that Dixie Dean scored more goals than Alan Shearer and Harry Kane in a calendar year before. Right, and that was one of those old leather footballs as well. Yeah. Uh, Rafa, are you impressed with Harry Kane? Yeah, how can you not be impressed with him? Um, I'm with Michael on the 20, 2017 thing. I think it's a little bit of a, uh artificial um, stat. It's basically giving, it, giving someone two chances to have a great record in a season and then in a calendar year so maybe one of the two but he Arsenal, much more relevant for example will often be champions of, of, of a calendar year well it made me think of Arsenal and made me think of Wenger when he came out after the 10-2 aggregate defeat against Bayern and said we drew the first two halves 1-1 <laughs> yeah. and this is a little bit like that you know oh, yes he might have done but <laughs> did, he, did, he, did he say that in seriousness he, he did he did. But um, the Arsenal thing kind of does say something because they were getting points but they weren't doing it in the right period which I right. think would indicate some kind of psychological problem or whatever. Kane's going to be top goal scorer three years in a row. So, you know, it's, it's not it's not particularly exciting that if you structure it another way, he's also doing very well. It just mm. seems a bit of a red herring. Okay. I'm not. It might be because we were in the business with football, and I tend to think of my life in calendar in, in sorry in football seasons now as opposed to yeah. calendar years. But maybe the vast majority of people they do measure it from. January 1st to January the 1st and therefore it does have a resonance I think it's that contagious effect of the Ballon d'Or ah. that people think in calendar years now James, James do you use an academic year diary rather than a Ooh, yearly diary do they exist yeah yeah yeah. because yeah. that's what I do because it tallies with the football season brilliant mm. brilliant I don't use the diary actually no no one does <laughs> I think I'm the only one who do you write it. entries I mean, I, I write what I'm going to do. It's not you like don't a, kind of reflectively at the end of the day keep a... a, a no, a, no a, surprisingly, there's no post-match analysis, no. Oh, that is a shame. Um, maybe that's something for 2018 you could do. We could all <laughs> write... I bet that would be really good for us. A- anyway, I'm wandering off the topic. Speaking He's astonishing. Of gr- that I'm wandering off the topic. No, no, he is astonishing. Oh, Harry Kane. Harry Kane, yeah. Speaking of great goal scorers, Tom Ince. First goal of the season... In Huddersfield's 1-1 draw with Stoke, 45 shots he'd taken before this went in. What is ironic, perhaps? His only other goal in the Premier League uh, came all the way back in February 2014 
for Crystal Palace, and that was with his first shot. So with his first shot in the Premier League, he scored. He then had another 45 with that, and now with his last shot so far. Right. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it more incredible that both Huddersfield and Brighton sit right bang in the middle of the table? That is amazing. Whereas before the start of the season, nobody really gave much of a chance. Certainly not Huddersfield. I mean, I had them to go down, and they might still go down, but to see them up in 11th is just incredible. Well, it is incredible, but what's behind it? Is it the fact that it's unbelievably easy this season to be mid-table and Watford have been on a terrible run and they're still there in 10th? In yeah. How can it be unbelievably easy? Well, I'm exaggerating a bit, but it, it, there's not a huge amount of quality there in, in, in the middle of the of, of the. Has there ever been a huge amount of quality in the middle? I don't know. I think more so in previous seasons than, than this season. I think pretty much everyone from eighth down has been pretty poor this season. I think usually you have a couple of teams, you know, whether it's a kind of Pye-inspired West Ham or a Swansea side that were good in possession or, you know, even Pochettino Southampton, I think we're eighth or something, but we're a good team. I think there's a lot of five out of tens this year and not many seven out of tens, Mm. if we can put it that way. I'm chuckling because I remember Giancarlo Galavotti, Mm. the former Gazzetto Gazzetto dello Sport correspondent, being interviewed uh, on the BBC. And this was the heyday of the Premier League, so 2008-2009. And he, live on radio, said, well, you've got the top five teams and then the rest is absolute (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they were saying, what, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, they're absolute <laughs> repeated it. What Mourinho would call S. 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 So I don't know. I don't know if the middle has been ever been, been All right. impressive. And to be fair, Watford did go on a great run earlier, which has earned them the ability to slack off a bit and still stick on the left-hand side of things. Um, is that enough winners? Anybody else you want to say as a winner? From this Christmas um, double I think round? Firmino looks like a winner because uh-huh. he scores loads of goals and he's now a little bit taken over from Salah and certainly from Mane, who was maybe made the early running of the season as the goal scorer that mm. might uh, deliver for, for Liverpool this season. He's been in tremendous form. Is, has Klopp begun to use, rely on him more? Is he making him more central to the, uh, to the way Liverpool try and not, seek goals? Not really. I mean... He is sen- he's the most central of the strikers, but they, they interchange quite a lot. I mm. think he's the most important in the way of setting the tempo and the intensity. He wins back a lot of balls. He commits actually quite a lot of fouls to break up counterattacks, which is very important. He usually tries to get the ball, but if he doesn't, at least it's a foul, which is just almost just as valuable. Um, and I think that is really important for him. More important than having a proven, in inverted commas, uh, goal scorer who will just switch off when when they don't have the ball. I think that's why, for example, the Benteke-Liverpool partnership never really worked. And that's why Sturridge, I think, will never really be a clock player either because he just doesn't bring that same kind of intensity or to teeth. chase back. Or teeth. The teeth are very bright. Aren't they? Is that a Brazilian yeah. thing? No, he has, a, he has them done. Through the season, didn't he? But I think this time they were just a bit out of order, weren't they? Mm. Brazilian, producer Ben points out, is something quite different that leaves another right. video quite shiny. right. <laughs> I'm not au fair with these things. Right. Let's talk about who had a, the worst Christmas after this. Who had an S Christmas? A Swansea, quite literally. Bottom of the table for the third Christmas in a row. Southampton, what about them? I don't know. I mean, we've, we've talked... And again, I don't want to, to go on about Claude Puren, right? But No, no, but it's true. No, you, yeah. you, you know, you get someone in for him mm-hmm. and... 
it's always is the is the grass greener somewhere else. I think that's the thing. I don't know why they sacked him. It's a big message for 2017. Yeah, isn't it? is the grass greener somewhere else? Exactly. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Is West Brom? I mean, is Alan Pardew still in charge? Is it? Is he still there? He is. But Saints, uh, eleven games without a win, two points off the drop. They got hammered by Spurs. They drew with Stoke. Charlie Austin's out for three games. They've now lost Van Dyke, but of course he he wasn't part of their plans of late anyway. They've got United on Saturday. And, oh, pundits on Match of the Day suggesting that the dressing room has turned on Pellegrino. Yeah, very hard to, I think, to judge from uh, from a distance, but certainly the team were absolutely, as Joe said, pathetic in their application. Um, the midfield was not there. I don't I don't recall a goalkeeping performance as bad since the Grobbelard days, really. Mm. And we know what <clears> happened <throat> then. <laughs> um, I It was puzzling. Puzzling to see is a team that earlier in the season, certainly last season, looked one of the most organised sides, one of the hardest to play against, really awkward, always give you very little time on the ball, super organised to be uh, that dishevelled and disorganised this time. Mm. Really, it was two poor performances in goal that game because Lloris pretty much chucked two in his own net and nearly scored no, uh, nearly scored known goal kind of from a Danny Roseback header. So, funny game. That's why you get seven goals, I guess. I guess. Talking about Tom Ince, you know, and those... Oh, yeah. Shane Long. Mm. Hasn't Shane Long, like, a hasn't scored for, like, three years or something in the Premier League? Isn't it something like that ridiculous? Yeah. He must have a lot of shots. All the hard work he does. Oh, right, okay. All the running. Okay, okay. okay. Southampton, of course, will have £75 million to spend on bringing in some goal-scoring talent. Anyone they should go for, Julian? The question is more, like, who would want to go there? Obviously, uh-huh. to start well, anyone with. who'd like to go to Liverpool, yeah, oh, you're right. That's a good platform, actually. Um, Why wouldn't they want to go to? They have, they have very well because of the situation, like you said, no wins in eleven. The manager clearly might be gone at some point very soon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. However, they have one. They have a very good academy. Although, mm-hmm. when things are not going your way, I'm not sure you young players with no experience is the answer. But they also have a very good scouting network. They have very good people in charge of of their recruitment. That's why you know they get. All those players that then they, then they sell very well. So mm. I, I'm sure they have a few options to replace Virgil Van Dijk. Maybe not at his level, but someone a bit like Rafa was saying with Akanji, someone who will be very good very soon, but might not be at that level right now. But that's that's what they do. So I wouldn't be worried about the recruitment on who's coming in January. I mm. would be more worried about what's going to happen. Long. Yeah, Shen mm. Long and his scoring drought. Right, Gabby Dean is not exactly. Uh, is setting the scoring charts on fire either. In in my uh, who had a bad Christmas pile, I've got top of it, I've got Man United. Although they didn't lose, they had a pair of two twos. Yeah. But it just felt like a defeat. I mean, they slipped further back from City. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess it's the nature of football. You're, in points terms, you're better winning one and, and losing one rather than getting two draws, especially well. two draws against teams they should be beating, really. Um, I thought the Burnley game was... But when Burnley is spending, what is it, like uh, centre-forward prices on their defenders, how can Mourinho be expected to beat them, Michael? Yeah, I mean, well, the United won atrocious against Burnley, but their defending in the first 20, 25 minutes was awful. Two set-piece goals conceded from two reckless challenges, one from Rojo, mm. who's managed to get uh, a suspension for five bookings, having barely played about... Oh, he's, he's played five games and got bookings in all of them. Uh, yeah, is that is that right? Really, yeah, yeah. five and five. Okay, mm. and the other one from Ashley Young. They've got big defensive problems ahead of their game against Southampton. Pretty much the entire back four out. Um, but you still should be beating Burnley at home. 
Yeah. It was poor. Although, to a certain extent, it did kind of remind me of a kind of old Manchester United. You what, know? coming back from two down? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Interesting stat. Somebody actually wrote in about this, and I, I'm afraid I chopped your name off. But they, they said, any thoughts on the stat that a Jose Mourinho Premier League side has never come from 2-0 down to win a match? Wow. How many times has it happened? They've been 2-0 down 20 times. Okay. According to my stats, they've only managed to get two draws in those 20... From 2-0 down, and they've never won. Of Jose Mourinho's side. How many teams do come back from 2-0 down? Well, it's a dangerous lead, isn't In it? In the Premier League. It can't be that many. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're laughing, but there can't be that many teams. Oh, come on. Happens all the time, no? no it's what makes this the greatest league in the world. I'm more surprised that Mourinho's side has been 2-0 down 20 times. Because mm-hmm. they don't concede goals, do they? Well, Usually. they have done in these uh, recent games. Leicester, 10-man Leicester, mm. equalising right at the death with that Harry Maguire... That was a set piece as well, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and then this one with with, with Burnley, uh, after which after which Mourinho uh, talked about how three hundred million is not enough to compete and all that kind of thing. Richard Brunning's got a different question, or related, if you will. He says, "United, the only major club in Europe trying to defend their way to honours." I'm pretty sure Jose Mourinho's had the same star forever. Is he being left behind? Uh, for example, Fergie evolved and reshuffled. What do you think? Yeah, I think that was the Wenger issue for many years as well, to have the same people around him, Pat Rice, for example, who was a great, you know, who was a great assistant to Wenger and obviously a great player to Arsenal and a great servant to Arsenal. But there's a point where you need new ideas and you need people who would come in and say, OK, what about this and what about that? And the manager might not listen, and that's one thing, but at least you get given those opportunities to change stuff, reshuffle, you know, have new, new things which is not the case. And yeah, Mourinho's Rifaria has been there all along. I'm not sure how much he has a say in what Mourinho does, but he surely not have the... He might have new ideas from 10 years ago, but he also might have the same ideas than 10 years ago. So, Do I've, you think he's outmoded, Mourinho? I think that... Yeah, I think he's a bit... He needs to not reinvent himself because he's still one great manager, but I think there's a lot of things he could do better and should do better and not still managing his teams like he used to manage Chelsea in 2004. Listeners, the transfer window's about to open again and you know what that means. Panic buys, yellow ties and gossip column lies. And if you think you can identify better value than Chelsea did when they spent £50 million on a washed-up Fernando Torres back in 2011, then you need to check out the football stock market, Football Index. Football Index is a new way to profit from your football knowledge and make money. Buy players, build a portfolio, earn dividends and sell at a profit. And a tax-free profit at that. Because you listen to the Totally Football Show, you can try Football Index and trade up to £1,000 entirely risk-free. Just head to footballindex.co.uk, enter the promo code TOTALLY, and if you don't love Football Index, you'll get a full refund with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Download the app or play online at footballindex.co.uk and become a football trader today. T's and C's apply. You must be 18 or over, deposit required, and please trade responsibly. Totally Football League show listeners will be delighted to know that there's a brand new episode coming your way on Friday discussing Pulis to Borough, I'd imagine uh, and I don't know what else, but some of the other talking points they might pick up on Wolves, eight points clear, Bristol City moving into second place after Cardiff City got beaten by uh, Fulham and uh, that kind of thing, Birmingham, rock bottom now rock bottom, two points from 21 under their new manager Steve Cotterell who of course used to be 
in charge of Bristol City. A cocky fetishist says, what's Michael's vision on the starting tactics of Zinedine Zidane in the Classico, which also happened since last we spoke. Uh, There's a lot of criticism on it, says cocky fetishist. This was a decision to kind of man-mark Lionel Messi, which backfired spectacularly. Is that fair? I think that's a bit hard. I thought the, the, the they first, lost three nil. Yeah, but the first half was pretty nil. It was a nil nil yeah. game, really. Mm. It was top. They were on top after the first half. I mean, I did see some fancy graphics work in which the fact that it was who was it Kovacic who was on. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for the so Kovacic would basically Messi would just go. Um, I'm going to head over to this side of the pitch, drawing away that Real Madrid and leaving a massive space for everybody else to run through. I think Busquets. Uh, had a merry stroll through the Rakitic as well on the, uh, Rakitic, the Suarez yeah. goal. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the reason why that kind of man marking really is no longer being mm. <laughs> being done in professional football, let alone um, in a classical, mm. because you hurt yourself more by losing your defensive shape, um, following one guy all the way to the corner flag. So it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but maybe it just shows that Zidane as a coach is still despite all the success, still learning, still a novice to a certain extent. I don't think he'll ever do that again. There's some wonderful play by Busquets for that goal when he Mm. kind of shrugs off a challenge as a bit of a Cruyff turn in a deep position. Mm. I think he's uh, probably still quite underappreciated. That's what I mean by pressing resistance when you have a player Mm. who doesn't mind two or three players coming onto him because he will just turn, drop the shoulders and still play through them. Newcastle don't have these players so you you basically don't want them to have the ball in midfield. I hear you. Uh, let's send some love to Valencia's manager, Marcelino, who uh, had to go to hospital after having a motorway crash with a wild boar. Never good. Never good. Um, Jules we, is the expert on that. On wild boars? Have you had a crash with a wild no. boar? No, but do you remember the... I remember the French team. Which yeah, was it? It was Nantes. It, uh, they invaded Nantes. the non-training ground That's four years right. ago. And uh, they just wrecked it. Wow. How is Claudio Ranieri doing with our friends at Nantes? He's very good. Yes. Fifth, which is the highest uh, position at Christmas for 17 years. Okay. Has he started decorating the house no, yet? No, he's still locking the door. Okay. But that's fair enough. All right. You know. um, sending our love as well to former Sevilla manager Eduardo Berizzo, who Sevilla fired a week after. I suppose there's two ways of looking at this. It was very yeah. much presented as poor bloke comes back from cancer surgery and gets handed his notice. But... I, they may have wanted to get rid of him before, but waited until he was given the all clear from his successful prostate cancer surgery, and fingers crossed it remains that way, uh, before deciding that they no longer needed him. The, the results hadn't been great. Of course, they will be facing Man United in February in the Champions League. Where does Vincenzo Montella might be? Mm. Might, t- might be taking over there at the Sanchez-Pijuan. Yeah, I'm a fan of Montella. I think he did a great job. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> What what are the prospects for 2018 in Germany, Rafa? Because I mentioned that there's very little German news per se, apart from, of course, David Va- David Wagner's extraordinary Christmas greeting. Did you see this? I did see it. Yeah, <laughs> it was um, yeah astonishing, peculiar, peculiar. Um, if you haven't seen it, you know the old uh, Feliz Navidad. There's, a, there's an English version of that as the soundtrack, and he and his wife and fetching daughters basically choreograph a little number around their Christmas tree in which they mime to the camera, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. It's, <laughs> it's um, sweet. It's, yeah, it's worth watching precious. Or, or not. Anyway, uh, what else from Germany? Um, what else? Well, we're on a winter break. There's yes. not really that much happening. Okay. <laughs> Bayern is still looking for a successor to Heinkes. Okay. They're still thinking that Heinkes might be the best successor to Heinkes, uh-huh. but he is not being um, swayed. 
Dortmund are still looking for a long-term successor to Peter Bosch, mm. I think. Of, of course, they have Peter Stöger there installed. And, um, yeah, that's really it. Okay. Uh, Leon Goretzka apparently will make up his mind where he will move now over the course of the next few days on a holiday in Spain. Yeah, he's in Torremolinos, I Benidorm. believe. Oh, Benidorm, yeah. sorry. Okay. So, might not do much for the chances of any English club. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, all right then. Julien, Joey Barton wants to go back to Marseille. Yeah, good for him. Mm-hmm. Good for him. I don't think they need him right now because they've got Luis Gustavo in midfield who's been incredible. Has he? Fantastic. For someone who, when they signed him for quite a lot of money, not so much in transfer fee but in wages, people thought, really? At his age, he looked a bit, you know, jaded when he was in his last season in Germany. He's been incredible. Uh, so well done to him. So I don't think they need Joey, although it would be good for the league for him to come back. After Patrice Evra, we might have someone else who, you know, has some sort of interference with his own fans. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but for us, it's a big fight for second place between Lyon, Monaco and Marseille. Yes. They're all within three points. So that's going to be fascinating because PSG are going to win the league anyway. OK. Are they going to sign anyone over the window, do you think, PSG? They will sell, for sure. And they will hopefully sign. That's why they want a defensive midfielder because they're a bit short in that position. But they can't spend too much um, for one depending on how much they sell though maybe they can spend a bit more but someone like Danilo for example from Porto who has a release clause of 60 million euros mm. look completely out of reach financially because of financial fair play but if they do sell for you know 80, 90, 100 million they might stretch it a bit so it'll be interesting to see Okay couple of transfer questions Jules Yeah Neymar will he still be there in 2018? Yes The, le- the second half of 2018? Yes Okay uh, Griezmann is he leaving Atletico Madrid? Yes. Where for? Oh, for Barcelona, probably. Yeah. In okay. the summer, though, not not now. Yeah. Is Steven and Zonzi from Sevilla to Arsenal, West Ham, Everton. Not to Arsenal, but probably to the Premier League. Yeah. Okay. And, and Julian Draxler might come to the Premier League. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Two. I think PSGS want to get rid of him. Right. And uh, where where might he go? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a historic link with Arsenal, uh-huh. which might be being refreshed. I'm not sure. I mean. I don't think anything's changed over the last three years. I'm not sure Arsenal need another kind of attacking mm. midfielder. Okay, he, yeah, so. okay, as a long-term solution uh, or a replacement, um, more for Uzo than for Sanchez, I think, yeah. because Sanchez is more of a, of a striker, yeah. really. Yeah, I okay. don't think it's necessarily going to change no, no, Arsenal's no. fortunes that much, personally. Right. More transfer questions. Are PSG really sniffing around Paulo Dybala? No. Okay. Is Kevin Trapp going to Liverpool? So he wants to go. They don't want to let him go because uh-huh. he wants to go because he wants to. He has to. He wants to play before the World Cup to right. be able to make the Germany squad. And right now he's not playing uh-huh. PSG. Um, so that's why he wants to. It's always a problem. He wants to go to be to the World Cup. They don't want to lose him because then they would have had. They would have to buy another keeper mm. who would have Maybe to they be could a number get two. <laughs> there you go. Do a swap. Maybe Liverpool could wait until the next transfer window and play twice as much. This yeah. Marwan Fellaini has been linked with PSG as well, which I would find incredible. If that would be Fellaini. brilliant. We've, we, have a, we have a history of players be, with big hair you know, coming to, to the club. Okay. David Luiz, oh, yeah. Charles-Edouard, Corridon, but like more, like more fuzzy hair. Fuzzy hair. Like Ginola Fellaini. was there, no? Yeah, but he had more like he nice... He never had that. Yeah, yeah. sort of like a big King. mane. He did have a big mane, it's true. But not, not fuzzy. No. You know. Okay. Michael, Italy. 
You no doubt watched as Juve beat Roma, clocking up their eighth consecutive clean sheet. And this includes matches against who? Napoli, Barcelona. Inter. Inter, Inter. yeah. Wow. And now Roma. Yeah. A late flurry of chances for the Gialarossi, but yeah. Juve going to Juve, I guess. Uh, they and Napoli are now inching clear of the rest because Napoli beat Samp 3-2. Now, you were saying about records. I'm distressed by the fact that Hamzic has now passed Maradona as their all-time top scorer. It just doesn't sit right. It's one of the records that yeah. no one will never mention. Yeah. Never. It feels uh, a relatively low total. Also because it was a, I mean, a tap-in that, that, that gave it. The 116th. Mm. But, of course, Maradona's career there was curtailed by when it was, it was rumbled that he was using someone else's... Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, just surprised that someone at some point in Napoli's illustrious history hasn't got more than 160. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, fair dues. Hamishik has been there more... He's been there a long time. Longer now. Ten yeah. years now? Yeah. Mm. It's apples and oranges. Exactly. Yeah. Paul Lewandowski mm. might have broken Harry Kane's 2017 record if he hadn't been on the beach for three weeks. Right. There Can't score any goals. No. Um... Oh, and then, of course, uh, what was it? Uh, Wednesday night was the derby in the Coppa Italia. Inter, who, as I say, slipped a little bit off the pace uh, after a couple of defeats in the league, are taking on a Milan team who who played to an empty San Siro in a 2-0 defeat to Atalanta prior to this. So neither team doing well. And then uh, this this kind of one-off uh, quarter-final, which Milan won. Milan headlines before were sent to bed with no supper after that 2-0 defeat to Atalanta but this this morning the Corriere della Sport had Ringio Star which I think is my Italian headline of the certainly ah. of the festive period uh, Gattuso finally came up with a, a win it was a 1-0 win there was all that business over the goalkeepers did you I'm not sure yeah. you were following this yeah of course yeah Giorgio Donnarumma's brother yeah who, who was who was one of the bones of contention that the fans yeah. had called a parasite even by the, the Milan Ultras because they were forced to sign him yeah to keep to his brother renew, sweet yeah to yeah. renew the brother's but contract it, and so he comes in and I it was think amazing I was, I was amazing shocked. I think I would I be I was shocked given that his last goalkeeping experience would have been in either in Serie B or Greece Serie B, one yeah, of the two yeah um, yeah, he didn't do too bad. He kept a clean sheet. Yeah, I thought his distribution was good. He did also score an own goal, which very fortunately for him uh, was ruled out for an. In- I can't no, be but considering offside. the pressure, imagine the pressure it was under. Yeah, you know, like he knew that was and and against Inter, although only in the cup. Mm. I, I thought he did really well. Inter in rotten form anyway. Mm. Who do uh, Milan envisage as a long-term solution? Can't be Reno, surely. There's been talk of uh, Mancini. I know, you can make that face all you want, Rafa. I'm just saying what I read in the Gazetta. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do they know? Possibly not. What's the Angelotti situation? Oh, I don't think he wants it. Really? Yeah. I, that was, I mean, I don't know. I've not spoken much, to him about it. Too much coaching involved. Too much coaching. No, but if you're Angelotti, you've been, you, you've been at Milan. You've had some great times. You've mm. won Champions League, yeah. all that yada yada. You go back to what is the shell of a club now. And it must be so depressing. I mean, even for people like Gattuso, who were there when you know Milanello was Milanello, and it was the home of champions and all that. And you, you go there now, and it, it, I could just imagine every day he'll be saying, "Oh, so we can," and they'll say, "No, that was then, but now we can't." And it's only going to get worse with the, you know, when you UEFA impose their swinging sanctions, these Euro bureaucrats. Are you happy yeah. with uh, Italy playing? You know, Christmas. For oh the yeah. First time in twenty. Well. Serie B and Serie C have done it like yeah Serie B have done it but probably Serie C did although I wasn't really Serie paying C attention last year so what they're doing is they've got another round of games this weekend in which 
Uh, Inter will be playing Lazio, yeah. who are absolutely flying at the moment, and but their way, uh, their way, but their place rather in the in the Coppa Italia semi-finals. Which yeah, a- anyway, but that's a big game coming up on Saturday. Inter Lazio. So you're um, happy. You happy? Yeah, happy? and then yeah. they have their break after that. Yeah. So you know you still get a break, but it's not at Christmas. I think it's quite nice. I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like it too. Makes sense. Um, that's Italy. It is. Let's get back onto the Premier League after this. There's two whole rounds of action before we next pitch up. Two whole rounds of action. Yeah, that's... two and a bit actually, because we still got one game, which is Crystal Palace Arsenal. Yeah, left over from the last lot. Yes, which I'm going to tonight. You're going to that tonight, yeah. and then a lot of teams have two games in three days, which is pretty tough. That's mental, isn't it? And there'll be so mental. many. I mean, it's the case every year, but maybe this year more than ever, there'll be so many rotations for that FA Cup yeah. weekend because the players are just exhausted. That's the one afterwards, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Right. Well, what are the games that people should, in this busy time, make a note to watch? I've already got a big red ring in my scholastic diary around uh, Sunday, one thirty, Palace City. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a cheeky one. Uh, yeah, no, actually, uh, Palace taking on City, mm. uh, and they might be, you know, left sore at the behind. Yeah. Or yeah. Stuff. <sighs> uh, anyway, we talked about that though before, didn't we? Arsenal. Julien, Ooh, that big game against Chelsea on Wednesday at the Emirates. Yeah. Before that, game. they got West Brom, but Chelsea on Wednesday. Yeah. Season-defining match, methinks. Well, it could well be because you know if they they well, so they've got a game in hands compared mm. to compared to Chelsea who've already they? played. But oh, of course, tonight. Yeah. Yeah, tonight. Yeah. But they're already eight points behind them. <sighs> Chelsea in third, so you can't really. So if they depending win on a... what happened, yeah. It's a bit it's a bit difficult for us to look into that Arsenal Chelsea game with not, without knowing what's going to happen in the next two games for Arsenal, because by then they could all, they, they could potentially only be uh, five points. That's true. Or th- or two points all right, there, well, but whatever the situation is, it's going to be a great game Wednesday night at the Emirates. I mean, it might not be a great game, but it's certainly a fascinating fixture. Yeah, the nil nil. Yeah. I think at Stamford Bridge was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the last two seasons, uh, we've had great Chelsea Arsenal and Arsenal Chelsea. Is obviously the one last year at the Emirates was. The one that made Antonio Conte change his tactics, go on to that incredible 13 wins in a of row course. and win the league. And then the, the Chelsea-Arsenal from last year where Hazard humiliated Laurent Koscielny and all the Arsenal defence, for example. Then we had a very nil-nil Italian draw this year at Stamford Bridge. So mm. let's see what comes up at the Emirates. Where, where are you on the great Wilshire debate, Jules? Wow. Um, I, think that, I think the talent is there. I think there's... there's the, the, the guys. Uh, Do you like Arsenal more with him in than without him in? I'm not sure Ozil and Wilshire can play together. Okay, that's the thing. And really? I wouldn't drop. I wouldn't drop Ozil. The last few games, so Chaka, Chaka plays as a defensive midfielder, but he's not a defensive midfielder. Mm. I think that's quite clear to everybody. I mm. guess you can get him out and put Coquelin in, so you okay. can play, you know, Coquelin as a proper defensive midfielder, whether right. you know you like it or not. Ozil and Wilshire have the same movement. Okay, one is a bit deeper than the other, but Wilshere doesn't play that deep anymore. Okay. He likes being... And what about Ramsey then? Well, you certainly can't play Ramsey and Wilshere together. Mm. So again, you have to... But I guess that's what that's what managers have to do. That's what, in every club, you need to pick what you think is the best combination, especially in midfield. Right. The talent is no problem. I just don't think him and Ozil can play well together at the same time. And I haven't seen them play well together at the same time. Are you optimistic for Arsenal in their trip to Crystal Palace this evening and their little jaunt to the Hawthorns 
uh, which is coming up on Sunday. It's usually where they struggle. Both, I mean, West Brom are in terrible form, as we said, and yeah. they're probably not as good on set pieces as they used to with, with Tony Pulis. And usually when Arsenal used to go there under Tony Pulis, they were conceding goals on set pieces all the time and losing, like they did last year, 3-1, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's an interesting thing for Alexandre Lacazette, for example, who um, can finish top scorer for a French player this year in 2017. Which Michael loves. There's a stat, isn't it? There's a stat. <laughs> that's a year that's for a French player. Not. He's that's one. He's one behind Mbappe, for example. So right. I know that for him, it means a lot. Does so it? let's see if he can score in those two games. Okay. Um, Does but, it actually mean a lot to him? Yeah, Genuinely. Yeah, yeah, probably. Okay. And people in France, probably because it's the Mbappe um, craze. Yes. But I think people in France really, really want Mbappe to finish top goal scorer in, for French players in. 2017, which means that I think people in France hope that, like as it fails miserably in the next two games, oh. not to catch Mbappe. It's the sort of thing you want to win when you don't win the real stuff. Right. Like a trophy oh. for fourth place, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a stat. West Brom are on course to make it 19 <laughs> without a win in the Premier League. Currently held by Villa. Here's a question, actually, which somebody wrote in. Oh, yeah, Andy and Brum says, why were Everton and West Brom allowed to carry on with that kick clash? I must admit, I was staggered by that. So, basically, West Brom had their vertical blue and white stripes and Everton have a navy kit, yes. But the back of West Brom's jersey was completely navy. So that if somebody hoofed the ball up and all the players are running in the same direction, OK, if the ball's up that end, it doesn't matter. But anyone from behind can only see one colour. It's bizarre. Really bizarre. I don't understand that It's the all. referee's... Um decision isn't yeah, it yeah but it's also it's, it's just it's common sense sense. that's all we're asking for consistency about the black and white views <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway uh, ooh, yeah, Everton that was a nil-nil draw for them in that game and they, this is a big game for everyone Everton hosting United that is on New Year's Day right 5.30 Oof. which is a Monday yeah it's not the only big game on New Year's Day there's Bromley Ebbsfleet as well which I will be at it's part of BT's very special National League coverage is that a bit of a derby uh, yeah, yeah. Um, tune in and find out, Michael. <laughs> You've come a long way from, from the San Siro. <laughs> from San Siro. Yeah, but it's all, you know what? The football is painted in many different colours. I like well, to sometimes see the, the same colour in Everton and West Brom. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Good one. Good one. Good one. And before that, on the 30th, actually, Saturday, I've got uh, Aldershot Maidstone, which is very much a battle of promotion candidates in the National League. Hasn't the leads in the in the mm. table has changed like fifty five times? It, it, it's at quite least, crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Everybody loses, and yeah. the, it's, it's cool. It's good league. Yeah, but it's very entertaining. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Everton hosting United. When did you say that was New Year's Day? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Because uh, Everton are fresh from back to back nil nils in a big Sam style. Bolassi coming back, typical Sam Allardyce player as well. It's exciting to see him back, isn't it? Do you think, will he? Wait, does he fit into Sam's plans? Apparently he does. That's yeah, I think nice. so. I think he's uh, quite responsible defensively, can counter-attack well. He's, yeah, he's kind of what Everton have been missing for a lot of this season, a bit of pace, a bit of dribbling out wide in particular. Um, I think Everton are making some moves to sign um, uh, Turkish striker Tosun. Yeah, now Chen Tosun of Besiktas. They're really denying it in in Turkey, though. Well, they probably have to. The football fan there is passionate, and he is such a key part of Besiktas. Who are still, of course, involved in the Champions League. Mm. Um, that would be a big guess, signing for Everton, though, wouldn't it? If it were the case. Yeah, he's a great striker. Yeah. Really good. Okay. Um, and right. he's not 
your typical cliche Sam Allardyce striker. He's more your pre pre Big Sam Bolton era mm. um, Allardyce striker, where you had a lot of really creative players mm. like Joe Kf. Like Joe Kf. Really, really used to admire. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, are Everton going to continue United's sequences sequence of games without a win? I wouldn't be surprised, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if it's another nil-nil. They won't be, because Man United are playing Southampton first. Ah. Again, James, again. <laughs> Too far ahead of your time. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right. Just uh, rephrase the question. It will be a big game. No, no, I don't mind that. Southampton, yeah. And that's... Right, yeah. OK. Yeah. Uh, when it does come round, though, the, the United game will be a big one for Wayne Rooney, who I hope will be feeling better by then. I think Everton have got a really good chance of, again, frustrating uh, Jose and United. Mm. Can easily see them pick up a point there. OK. Liverpool <laughs> host Leicester, then go to Burnley. Those are two tough fixtures, I'm thinking. Yeah, and, and Klopp really moaned about this um, a while ago. He said, you know, I can understand Boxing Day and all that, but why do we have to play a Saturday and then Monday? What is the point? Can't we play Tuesday, Wednesday? And, of course, other clubs do... <laughs> Um, but the fact that I think that it's Burnley makes it extra tough yeah. after after just two games. Because Burnley always give you a really hard time. This year, they're better than ever mm. in terms of results. And um, it's the sort of game that can break you, I think, at the end of a... We're in the middle of a really tough fixture list. So it's it's probably the worst worst game, one of the worst games to have away to Burnley on that game. Right. That on the subject... Of uh, Burnley, Joey Barton saying Stephen DeFore's free kick, the one at Old Trafford, uh, should be on the back of every paper to beat the best keeper in the world from that far out. Come on, says Joey. Was good, wasn't it? It was good. You know, yeah. Stephen DeFore when he was like 15, 16, was the best player of his age category in Europe. He really? was amazing. Yeah, United, all the big clubs in Europe wanted to sign him. Mm. And it's funny because it's I mean it's another example of you don't always have the career that it looks like you're going to have when you're fifteen or sixteen. How Whatever yeah, talented you are, and yeah. Harry Kane at 16 was surely never meant to have the career that he's having now. So yeah. it's fascinating. And what did you want to do when you were 15, Jules? I probably still believe that I could become a professional football player. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rafa, DJ. Singer. Yeah, probably singer DJ. More, no? yeah. You wanted to be a singer. Do you think no, Rafa? Him. Yeah. Do you remember DJ? You had that boy band in Germany at the time? I, I never had a boy band. <laughs> yeah, you had. Do you remember that photo? No, yeah. it's, it's, just EFS. It. Yeah. it's just. Nothing to do with music, that oh, photo. Right. Well, that seems, Jerry Barton's comment about the back pages seems like weirdly antiquated, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, who's concerned what's on the back pages? It's not a thing. What did you want to be when you were 15, Michael? I can't remember. I don't think I had any idea. No, no I haven't Just got Just waiting any... for somebody to find you. Yeah. Right. Um, I wanted to host a successful forum. Of course, podcasts hadn't been invented in those days. But just <laughs> a, a, a place for... Football people to come and talk, and other oh. football people to listen, and then I wanted to host another one shortly afterwards. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just want to mention this stat about Chelsea. No team in Europe's big five divisions has seen more league goals scored by Spanish players this season than Chelsea. They are level with Real Sociedad. That is interesting. Well, yeah, I mean they scored two against Brighton, mm. and both his sisters were Spanish as well, as Piliqueta yeah. and uh, Fabregas. That as Piliqueta Morata combination is yes. quite something. It certainly is. Is it six times that the pair have combined? Yeah. Is that ever? I think it must be ever. It can't be this season. I can't believe he's only joined for this season. So, yeah. That must be the season then, yeah. Yeah. And calendar year as well. (laughs) Yes. Morata's got 10 goals, so it's six out of 10. But you can't, you you do wonder when the next team they play, 
you know, look at them on video and just analyze Man their... Mark as Piliqueta. No, no, but he always does the same. He comes out from his defender position yeah. into, you know, the opposition's half and then crosses the ball like that. Yeah. That's that's the way the goal comes. How come, you know, you don't say to one of your forwards, and I, just be careful if Aspilicueta comes out with the ball? Yeah. I, I know, know, but it's, it's like Iron Robin, isn't it? They all know what he's going to do. Yeah, but... That's that's easier to stop the Aspilicueta cross and the Morata header. Oh my Arsenal word! Arsenal dealt very well with it at the uh, FA Cup final. There you go. Well, we'll see how Arsenal do. Well, there's Stoke first for Chelsea, and then Arsenal. Stoke this weekend, and then Wednesday Arsenal Chelsea. Chelsea is a fascinating team and club to me because it feels as if it's only one argument or one problem away from blowing up, but they do find very consistent results. Mm, they're only and, one point behind Man United now. And I still I'm still not sure where what's going to happen for them if this is just going to sort of tick along and they finish third and everything's fine because in the past that that used that in itself used to create big problems. You right. couldn't really finish but, third or fourth without yeah. seal, uh, serious repercussions as a as a Chelsea coach. It could be that Conte knowing that he's going to go Basically, has stopped caring and is kind of impervious to to pressure to mm. a certain extent. It's fascinating, I think, to see how they're, they're doing really well without really kind of catching anyone's imagination or or suggesting that it's an entirely happy kind of setup. Men and ladies of the Totally Football Show, why waste time going to the shop to buy overpriced quadruple bladed vibrating turbo razors and making the likes of Thierry Henry and Roger Federer even richer by doing so? Instead, head to cornerstone.co.uk slash totally and pick up a personally engraved razor and six super sharp blades delivered right to your door for just £4. There are no gimmicks with Cornerstone, just a closer, smoother shave than ever before. And it doesn't just work on your face either. I used it on Jimbo's head before we started recording. Mmm. Head to cornerstone.co.uk slash totally to see for yourself and if you don't love your first Cornerstone shave, they'll give you your money back, no questions asked. We're looking forward to all of that football and we'll be back next week to discuss it. Well, before we leave you, though, loads of listeners asking for us to nominate great moments, our best bits and worst bits of the last year. Ben Dawson, Roberto Lynn Grant again, what's your best memory 2017? Phil, Daniel, John Taken. What do you see as a standout footballing moment of the last calendar year, Michael, calendar year? He suggests Neymar to PSG. And the implementation of VAR. Interesting nominations. Phil also wants us to say our hopes for 2018. Michael, you did yours last week. Mm. And of course we all remember what they were. What were they? You don't remember me recalling uh, Kingstonian's famous victory. Oh, that's away right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. And did you have a, a low point? Yeah, I said the fact that the two uh, European finals were kind of decided by deflected oh, goals kind of yeah. annoyed me. yeah. Uh, Julien, beat that. Be- oh, it's hard to beat Michael Cox. Uh, my highs, they're very French, I'm sorry. Oui. The first one is Mbappe, obviously, what, 2017. It was for him, only 18, he turned 19 a week ago. Uh-huh. He's just, I think, he's better than anyone was before his age, and I think he's going to be incredible. The other one is, for people who don't know, in the second division last season, uh, Amiens got promoted to Ligue 1. And by scoring a goal in the 96th minute, before that goal, they were still sixth in the table because it was so close to the top of the table. Six teams could go up wow. before the last match day of the season. 
And by scoring over a free kick in the 96th minute, they went up for the first time in their 110-year history. Incredible. And it was really incredible. If you if you haven't seen it, you can see find it easily on Twitter. Or I'm sure. Like YouTube. Where are they now, Julien? They're doing actually quite well in, in Ligue 1 so far. So good okay. on them. Yeah, good Ooh, on them. Good and you. my lows, oh, yeah. I've got the Dortmund attack. Uh, obviously before was that the this Monaco last game. year? It was, yeah. Crikey. So yeah. That has to be in my lows. Raymond Coppa, one of the greatest French players ever, mm. dying uh, in March. And Patrice Evra, high kick on his own fan. I mean, that's, that's kind of a high and a low as well. I don't know which one, though, is, right. is more... Okay. Did we ever find out what kind of what the backstory of that? Yeah, I mean, he, he couldn't bear the insult and the um, and the jokes, so he thought, "Come down, let's have a chat." And the the, the, the ultras came down and and kicking the head, kicking the head, Bosch. Mm. Now he's now he's pulling cars in Dubai, so that's okay, I guess. He's pulling cars. Yeah. How do you mean pulling cars? His his, his new fitness regime training. Uh-huh. He's, uh huh. He's pulling a four by four. Oh, really? That's the kind of thing James presents. No, I was just going to say, if if you're interested in seeing people pulling big vehicles on that. Tell me about it, yeah. Well, no, there's uh, World's Strongest Man just started last night, actually. Really? It's not, uh, well, they're they're pulling uh, buses in the heats. I think probably tonight's will feature a bus being pulled, but it's a a 35, 40-ton aircraft. A proper commercial airliner you know, you that know, they're I've pulling in the final, which they we had a very narrow window of opportunity to use it because the plane turned up late, and then they had passengers waiting in the terminal to get on it and fly somewhere else. <laughs> right, and they Fair enough. bizarre, isn't it? Really. <laughs> so we were there on the airport, and the guys going, you know, we've got to, we've got a flight schedule to leave. These guys they had to, to pull board. the plane. Yeah, <laughs> they could have pulled the plane with the people on board, no? Well, that would have been let's not exaggerate. You know what? I've never There's seen some you surprises tweet. in that plane pull, by the I've way. I've never seen you. Tweet one of your own shows more than the World's Strongest Man well, yesterday. Well, it's just yeah, every I've five been waiting for it to come like, on air. Only six hours before World's Strongest yeah. Only five hours. The thing before is, I've been waiting for hours. it to happen <laughs> since last. Because it, let's be frank, it happened in May, and I've been sat there going, I can't wait for the one with the meerkats. That's I think tomorrow. Okay, with the meerkats. Meerkats. It's Botswana, isn't it? The, oh, I see. Yeah. Right. Um, Rafa, highs and lows. Well, the lows are the same. Yeah. Uh, at least one of them is the same. Um, I think we forgot, A, how recent it was, mm. and B, just how badly this could have turned out. An entire football team could have been assassinated. Mm. which By a man looking to speculate on their stock market Which price. is incredible. And his, his court case has just started um, a few days ago in Germany. Okay, so allegedly looking to speculate. Okay, good. No, it's fine. There's no contempt of court laws in Germany, so you can oh. say whatever you want. Really? Yeah. Because there's no jury. So uh, okay. we don't think that the judge will be swayed by what you say on the pod. Fascinated by that. Well, that's obviously um, that's the, that's the worst thing that happened in football. Full stop. Yeah. Um, highs uh, the four four draw in the Ruhr Derby uh, oh, the other day week after four yeah. 0 lead from Dortmund four four Schalke. What a game! A game for for eternity, really. Um, I really enjoyed a little bit like Jules, perhaps not as quite as much. Sort of the discovery of Monaco. I think um, it's very rare that you get a kind of a new team in inverted commas suddenly bursting on the scene the way they did and playing as excitingly as they did with lots of players that perhaps we'd heard a little bit of but hadn't really seen in that kind of full flow. And I think that was an amazing thing to see and really enjoyable. And um, from a personal view, I really enjoyed uh, Per Mertesacker going up to uh, lift a trophy uh, at the FA Cup as Arsenal captain when everybody 
laughed about the fact that he was playing his first game. He started his first game of the season mm. in the final, and people said, "Yeah, it's three nil, four nil. Chelsea will absolutely smash them." Um, and he and of course his Arsenal teammates um, came up with one of the most surprising. They had the last surprising laugh, victories. Mm. Excellent. Okay. I didn't do my last time actually. I think one of them would have to be the Benevento header. And my big thing for 2018 will be watching them stay up <laughs> from however million points it is that they're behind. It's, it's huge. That's your wish for 2018. Well, I think that's going to be one of my. Okay, there's got lots of other things I'd like from 2018, but on I'd like to level. say a prayer and wish for world peace. Yeah, world peace and Benevento staying up, whatever order you know, whichever comes first. Uh, no, there's lots of other things I would love to see happen in 2018 outside of football. Um, as I'm sure there are for you, listeners. But yeah, the that was fantastic. What a what a great. What a, what a summed up why everyone loves football. Benevento, the oh, diving header from yeah. Um, the low There's point the the, coming. Do you know that? Really yeah, really, nearly forgot. World Cup in 2018. Mm. I think my low point might have been Lazio's fans leaving the Anne Frank stickers in the Curva Sud at the Stadio Olimpico, just because, mm. good Lord. I mean, for so many years, and they still do stuff like that. Just extraordinary. Yeah, anyway. Hey, here's to happier times in 2018. More of the good things, less of the bad ones. And to finish off after this, we'll get our usual chat with Paddy Power with producer Ben. Thank you very much, Jimbo. Yep, I am joined by Mr. Paddy Power himself. But Paddy, before we go through the picks on this week's hotshot jackpot, um, a word about that jackpot. Uh, it's gone down to 100,000, but well, it hasn't gone down. It's because someone's won it. I was going to say, yeah, it's a bit harsh to say it's gone down, but yeah, it had, it was one. It was uh, there was a five hundred grand. It was shared between a, a couple of I think four or five people might have shared it uh, the other day uh, on Stevens' day on the on the Boxing Day on the twenty sixth, and uh, and then so it starts again at a hundred grand. So it won't be one for a couple of a couple of rollovers, and then we get it up back up towards half a million again, which would be nice. Well, uh, we're doing terribly here, but I've gone for some uh, pretty sensible picks this time. Just uh, a reminder to everyone, you have to be 18 or over, but the app itself is free to download the Hotshot Jackpots app. So let's go through the uh, picks here. We're going for first goal scorer and six games. Uh, the first one is Chelsea versus Stoke. I fancy the look of Murata here. He got a hat-trick against them last time they played. Yeah, funny. I wouldn't put you off because uh, Stoke are kind of very stuttery this season, aren't they? So you would, you would fancy uh, Chelsea to uh, to bang in a few goals. And uh, Murata's been pretty dominant as well this year. He's played pretty well. He's one of their best players. So yeah, could put you off, definitely. Coutinho in Liverpool v Leicester. Uh, he's had a good Christmas period. Liverpool scoring lots of goals. Hopefully they can keep them out this time as well. He just seems to be happy in his own skin now or something he's playing well he's got a smile on his face and he's, he's also banging in the gold he's not scoring them he's setting them up anyway yeah Liverpool absolutely on fire they were just brilliant in the 5-0 the other day so uh, it could be any of them now to be any of the front uh, the front three or four that Liverpool have but Coutinho probably yeah why not I'd go for him as well Watford versus Swansea is the next game up uh, Watford ended their really bad run on Boxing Day Swansea are just shockingly bad so I can't see anyone other than a Watford player scoring and uh, Rick is uh, is my man here this this should be Watford's chance to kind of get a, a little bit of a run together, and uh, and regardless and why not? Yeah, I mean, look honestly, it could be any of them. I think Swansea will let in goals from anywhere, so yeah, I wouldn't put you off him either. Um, man, you haven't had the best of the uh, the festive period, and Moo is moaning once again. But I think that Zlatan, who hasn't looked, I mean, he's had a he's had a long term injury, of course, hasn't quite looked his old self. I fancy him up against Saints here, Southampton. 
Zlatan, yeah, I just, I'm not sure he is what he was, you know, and I think we, after his first season, kind of everyone kind of cottons on to how to play against him, and he's not quite as effective, so this is the one where I think it's a bit of a head-scratcher for me that you're picking him, but he's about 5-1, to one, I think, to score the first goal, so you know, he's, he's one of the favourites, definitely. Like, Okay, Palace versus Manchester City, Manchester City can't be beaten, they can't be stopped. I do like the look of Wilfred Zaha here, but uh, I think Leroy Sane is going to be my pick. Pick Sane, why not? You could pick any of any of about three or four players because they do share the goals around a bit, don't they? But uh, yeah, so we're not going to put you off him. It could, but it literally, it could be De Bruyne. It could be anyone, you know. So, but uh, but Sane, yeah, why not? And I think that there may be a little bit of value in this final game of the Hot Shot Jackpot. It's uh, West Brom versus Arsenal. I don't know. I don't know if they'll win for Solomon Rondon to get the first one here. Uh, well, look, he's a thirteen to two shot. So he is. He is. Um, he is fourth or fifth, fifth in the bet and behind. I mean, uh, Lacazette's favourite there or whatever. But uh, yeah, so absolutely has a, has a reasonable chance. I thought Arsenal would be a dodgy favourite in that game because they can be ropey enough to follow. Yes, indeed. You can download the free Hot Shot Jackpot app now and find out these odds and more at paddypower.com, 18 plus only, begambleaware.org and when the fun stops, stop. And that's it for this edition of the Totally Football Show for 2017. Many thanks to Michael Cox. Thank you. Raphael Honigstein. Thank you. And Julian Laurent. Thank you, Jim. For being with us. And you, listener, do enjoy your end of year. And here's to a terrific 2018 in your company, I hope. And we'll see you then. Bye. The Totally Football Show is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com.